everyone, Kareem Ray here, and today I have Daniele Brook on with us. Daniele, how's it going? Hey, man, what's going on? All good. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, thanks for joining us today. Did I pronounce your, your first and last name properly? Yeah, yeah, uh, half of it. It's Daniele Brock with a P, but that's fine, man. Most people got it wrong the first time. Got it. I'm from Canada, that's why I don't have the Italian. Okay, <laughs> you're good. <laughs> you're good. Don't worry. But yeah, can you can you please introduce yourself to the viewers? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm Daniele Proc. I'm 25 years old. Uh, I'm currently playing soccer in Italy, in Veneto, which is uh, the Italian region where uh, where Verona is. Uh, I spent uh, after college. I went to college. Uh, I graduated from Duke University, and then went on to play uh, for USL Championship team uh, North Carolina FC in 2020. And then, you know, because of COVID and um, a few other things, I came back home and signed first for a club here near Verona. And now I'm playing for a club called Delta Porto Tolle, which is, uh, let's let's say, 30, 45 minutes south of Venice. Got it. So you're back. So you were in the U.S., you're back in Italy. Can you paint a picture for the viewers that never been to Italy before? What's Italy like? Uh, you mean like Italian soccer or what's Italy in general? Italy in general, and then Italian, like Italian football, yeah. Okay, okay. Um, yeah, Italy, uh, obviously there was a lot that was missing from, from Italy because I had spent five years in the U.S. Uh, you know, the tradition, the culture, uh, the food, uh, obviously that, that was something that I was really missing. And uh, in terms of Italian football, uh, it's slightly different. Um from uh, from U.S. football, you know the way it's lived. I would say there's more passionate for how it's lived. Maybe there's still uh, less organization in terms of you know fields, uh, facilities, and that kind of stuff. So obviously, like anything else, there's pros and cons. Um, I like the the way the season is structured here because it's a typical European season running from uh, August to May. And um, yeah, you know, we we live it like, uh, and then the lifestyle is is, is similar, right? You have uh, either morning or uh, afternoon training. Sometimes you have two a days, and then you play on Sunday, and uh, the rest of the time you you live we live with the guys, and uh, and you have you have the day off, like half a day off to just relax or do something else that interests you. Got it. So how'd you go pro? So I uh, graduated from Duke University in December 2019. I entered the MLS draft, but I got undrafted. And then I started to look around for uh, pro opportunities in the U.S. Um, and after a few tryouts, um, I was lucky enough that NCFC offered me a deal um, because coach Dave Serakin, um, I had trained with them in the summer and um, he liked me. And they, they they presented me with a contract offer. I signed with them. Uh, you know, it, it was a coincidence that I, I was also close to where I played college soccer, right? Because I was just 30 minutes from Raleigh. Um, and then and that was my, my, my first pro contract. And uh, that was 2020. Obviously, the season was, you know, uh, let's say ruined by COVID because instead of a nine-month season, we played two and a half months with games 
really close to to one another a lot of traveling no time for to recover covid was in the way so i also had to quarantine during that time even though i luckily didn't uh catch the virus but yeah that was that was my first experience as a pro got it so i want to dive a little bit deeper so the viewers that are watching understand how the process went right so you you know you you're from Italy. You went to Duke University in the United States. Why Duke University? And how did you get into Duke? Okay, so I first, uh, so from Italy, I first uh, went to a Division II school called Catawba College in North Carolina. And I played really well my freshman year, got Freshman of the Year awards, a uh, lot of goals and assists. Uh, and I got noticed from a few Division I schools. And Duke was the most enthusiastic about me as a player, as a person. And I went over to Duke University for a weekend. I trained during uh, the winter camps. And then the coaches got me in a room. Uh, they said they really liked me. And they uh, were ready to offer me a scholarship um, for, you know, for, for the rest of my college career. And obviously, Duke being Duke, I, I couldn't turn that down. I accepted it, and so my uh, in the you know in the summer between my freshman and sophomore year, I transferred to Duke. Um, I went there in the summer just to start getting ready physically for uh, you know the jump in terms of division, right? Because Division One college, I believe, is much more challenging from a conditioning standpoint. And then from there, I played three years. My sophomore year, I did eh, all right, but then I scored. Uh, double-digit goals both my junior and senior year. Uh, that's why I was so pumped, right, for, for the draft. I went to a few combines. I, was, I thought I was going to get drafted. Being international didn't help me with that because, you know, it's, it's much, much more challenging for international players to get drafted. Uh, that was obviously um, a blow for me, not getting drafted, but I, I tried to pick my, my head up right away and, uh, and start in a different way and uh, and like i said before i was able to to join ncfc from there got it and the mls draft is an amazing experience that very few footballers get to experience you got to be at the top of the top um in the u.s to be to even get that chance so that's that's amazing salute to you to have that experience so you from the mls draft you went into the sorry 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 so from the mls draft you went into the US, uh, the USL, USL league, the USL Championship, which is the the second tier, right, right be below the MLS. Nice. So, how did that opportunity come about? Did the club come to you? Did you go to a to a trial? How did that come about? So I had trained uh, the summer before with NCFC for about a week slash ten days uh, because I was uh, <clears throat> I wanted to start getting my name around right. Um, the, the pro teams in the U.S. And uh, I think um, that I made a good impression to the coaching staff. So when January came, so the draft happened, they didn't get drafted. Um, I started to look around for USL championship opportunities and uh, um, I had a few tryouts, uh, one team on the West Coast and then, um, and then on the East Coast and CFC. And NCFC was, uh, you know, I, I went there. I think it was a weekend of tryouts. We did uh, a lot of a lot of games, you know, small-sided games, then bigger field games, and then uh, the last day we did a, a full 11 v 11 game. And um, 
alongside a few you know technical drills just to for coaches to evaluate your your level and eventually um, after that 11 v 11 game um, they all get you in the locker room and they say listen guys we're gonna call you one by one to tell you okay either thanks for coming but we're not interested in you at this time or okay we uh, we saw you we like you and we would like to discuss you know having you on as as a player on, on our roster and um yeah and that that's what happened with me and uh you know i took a few days to just uh think about it evaluate my options and uh, that was definitely the best option i had and so i started the the journey with them i think i signed <clears throat> the first days of february and then i joined the team and it was helpful that i already knew some of the guys from you know my summer training from the summer before so the integration process the adaptation was uh was was kind of easy it helped me a lot got it nice yeah the immigration is always sometimes maybe a problem if the team's not helping so on and so forth so that's great that it was pretty seamless for you now mm -hmm. how you know not a lot of players again get to experience this there's 230 million players around the world that play football at different levels but there's only 130,000 pro players according to people's 2019 report this is back in 2019 maybe the numbers increased i don't know but that's not even one percent and you're a part of that right so how how did it feel to sign your first pro contract oh man it, it was the dream of a, of a lifetime because i had always imagined that in my head i always envisioned that kind of moment in my head and it, it felt like it was never gonna come right because when I was 18 in Italy, uh, you know, I played for an, a professional academy. Every summer I thought it was going to be the summer where I signed pro. And that didn't happen because they would, you know, send me on loan or just tell me, okay, let's wait another year for you to develop, to grow, to mature as a player. And then uh, every summer was this kind of the same process happening. So I went to college and then I, okay, when I, when I was in college, I figured that I had to wait, you know, three or four years to graduate before that moment will come and then eventually when i was presented with that contract you know took a, a big breath uh, a deep breath and i said okay uh, finally finally th this is the time that i I've, I've been dreaming for uh this is the moment i've been dreaming for my whole life right since i started playing soccer when i was three years old and i i, I would tell my family i want to play professional i want to be among among the grades right like watching the footballers on tv uh, so definitely felt satisfying, uh, and at the same time, at the same time, it just gives you even more motivation to just keep going. Just don't don't settle down. Don't don't just sit on what you on what you have right now, but just keep pushing. Just try to see where you can get. How far can you go with this? And and this is a motivation that I just um, keep with me with with myself every day that I wake up and and go to training. That's amazing. What things changed once you signed your first pro contract? What things changed? Yeah. Okay. So when you are in a pro environment, um, you have everybody on the same page. So, and this is uh, a transition, a helpful transition from college. If you have the right mindset, obviously in college, you have, you know, some kids who are thinking of going professional, other kids who are there giving it all but they are not planning to to play uh in their post college career and other maybe other players who are just you know who are there but don't want to really buy into it so 
I liked my transition to professional football because I was finally able to say, okay, right now we have everybody, we have everybody on the same uh, boat, so everybody has uh, something at stake, you know, because luckily and sometimes not luckily, this is a job that depends on results. You do well, the following year you have better contract and you can start planning your life according to, you know, the, the, the paycheck you're going to receive. You do bad in terms of results, the following year you're going to get either the same contract or in, in the worst uh, case scenarios, even uh, a worse contract you know, in, in, uh, in financial terms. So that gives you the motivation to just keep being the best version of yourself because if you just uh, lower the bar for, for a week or two, you may compromise you know, a season and that means compromising your, your salary. That means compromising the plans you have for yourself in life. So being in a pro, in a pro uh, environment helps you be mentally strong and, and just stay focused on these kind of things. Got it, great points. What advice would you give to players that want to be professional footballers? Man, the advice is, uh, it, it may sound cliche, but if, if that's your dream, just keep pushing, surround yourself with people who uh, keep pushing you and uh, continue to get inspired by uh, what inspires you, whether that's uh, watching pro footballers, whether that that's going uh, that means going to, to live games, whether that means uh, getting advice from people who have been there and try to keep finding ways to improve your weaknesses, right? So if you are not, not uh, an, uh, athletic, athletic enough or you have to work on your ball control or whatever it is, try to uh, step up each of these categories so that you can get to a level where you can be defined. We call it as a complete player where uh, he has right all the, all the abilities are at a good level. And then obviously you're going to, to want to stand out in a few of these, but just get to a point where you have all the fundamentals, um, you know, to, to, to be able to compete at that level. Good points. So, you know, you you went to, so you're from Italy, you went to Duke University in the United States. You got, you went to the ML, after that you went to the MLS draft. What did you study in uh, at Duke? I studied journalism. Nice. Okay, journalism. Okay, yeah. I seen your post with uh, Fabrizio. I, I don't know how to pronounce his name properly. He's like very big. Uh, yeah, Fabrizio Romano. Yeah, I seen it on your Instagram. I wanted to ask you about it. But okay, so let me let me put let me place this. So you're from Italy. You went to Duke University in the United States. Then you got um, you graduated. You you went to the MLS draft, and then from there you played in the USL Championship. And then after the USL Championship, you went to Italy. Correct. Mm -hmm. Yep. Correct. Amazing. And then so you mentioned you studied journalism. Um, was Fabrice the one that inspired you to get into journalism or was that something you always wanted to do? No. So I actually uh, learned about, you know, Fabrizio Romano and all his, uh, his, all the things he's doing later on. I, I decided I wanted to study journalism when I, the, when I first started uh, to study at Duke. Right. So I, I got into the journalism program. I was lucky that it, the, I really met a lot of inspiring professors that really pushed me to, to keep learning the, the subject and, uh, um, you know, keep improving my writing, my reporting skills. And 
yeah, so I, I continue to cultivate this kind of passion alongside, you know, the passion I have obviously for football. And um, it was, I think, October 2020, I was able to, um, to sign uh, um, a collaboration, uh, a working collaboration with Forbes, you know, uh, for which I write about uh, Italian soccer. So that helped me, you know, starting to, 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 uh, to learn about the world of Italian soccer and the money behind it, because that's obviously the, the style, Forbes style. And, um, and, uh, and then obviously by, by learning about this, this stuff and the journalists that cover this kind of, of beat, obviously I got, I got to know the work of Fabrizio Romano as well as Gianluca Di Marzio, you know, there's, uh, a lot of guys in the in this in this industry, and I was able to meet Fabrizio Romano last November in Rome. There was a conference, uh, you know, a summit called uh, Social Media Summit. Uh, I think Social Social Football Summit. I, I don't remember the exact name, but it was a great conference, a great networking event. Uh, I was able to listen to Fabrizio Romano, like I said, Di Marzio, and a few a few prominent journalists and um, and then yeah i took i took the opportunity to to just uh, take a picture with him and uh who knows if he's willing to i'll be happy also to to have his perspective and include it in one of my of my forbes piece because obviously he's one of the most known guys in the transfer market world if not the most renowned guy in this kind of you know industry this this kind of world yeah, it's it's pretty interesting because I've watched one of his uh, interviews uh, a couple of days ago, okay, and it was just talking about the transfer markets. It's a huge thing in the football world. People love to know about the transfer market, and he was one of the main guys that was releasing news before the TV, so on and so forth. Anyways, I thought it was pretty cool. I, I was looking at your Instagram. I seen the picture. I'm like, wow, this is awesome. <laughs> and now I get the chance to meet you and, and do an interview with you. I'd also love to talk offline about you know some journalism stuff. But mm -hmm. all right, boom. So now you're back in Italy. Um, you're playing football. Uh, what position do you play? Uh, my favorite position is second striker. Uh, but I can play any any attacking roles. Uh, I like to be the second striker. You know, uh, being close to another another striker, so that you can combine. You can uh, you know always have someone next to you uh, to do those quick combinations and just uh for the defenders got it and what advice would you play um what advice would you give to players that play in that second striker position yeah i i, I would say it's one of the most interesting roles because you have to be aware of a lot of things right of your positioning uh between lines uh that's fundamental you have to develop a strong relationship with the midfielders because you want them to pick you out with those passing lanes even without uh, looking at you right so maybe they look at one way and then they they go um, they play a, a strong pass to you um, and then obviously you have to be very good with your first touch possibly always toward the goal that's something I stress on um, a lot with my teammates if you can the first touch always toward the goal especially in that position where you are you know um, you receive the ball a lot of the times just outside of the uh, of the op opponent's box. So if your first touch is toward the goal, you put a lot of pressure on the uh, opposition defense. Um, so yeah, first touch positioning and strong relationship with uh, with both the midfielders and the other guy playing next to you because you want to, you know, 
flick it to them and then receive it back or dummy it to them and receive it back. You know, that kind of relationship is just essential for, uh, for strikers and second strikers. Good points. What type of player are you on the field? Are you, you know, do you shit talk? Are you quiet? Are you like a mm. fast player? Like what type of player are you on the field? Okay, it depends a lot on the game. Uh, I, for sure, one thing I need to, to keep talking. I like to be positive with my teammates. With my teammates, um, I like, I have to keep talking when I when I play. Otherwise, I risk uh, stepping out of the game mentally. So even if it, if that's like something encouraging, okay, that's good. Uh, let's think about the next one, or whether that's like a compliment, good pass. Uh, let's let's move on. I need something I learned about myself is that I need to 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 speak to just stay in the zone. If I'm quiet, there's something usually wrong about my game. And that's when I, I try to just wake up my brain. So usually I'm uh, vocal and I say positive things. Obviously, not all games are the same. If you have defenders pissing you off, if you have the ref pissing you off, sometimes you have to find a kind of motivation that you were not planning to use. Maybe that's anger towards the, the defenders, towards the ref, but then convert that into positive energy and use it, you know, to sprint faster, to make a more decisive pass, or to 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 hit the ball in a certain way. I don't know if if I'm getting the message across, but whenever you you find it hard to to be in the zone, try to catch the energy, uh, something that really gets you uh, motivated, and convert that into energy that you can use to practically doing something positive for your team. Yeah, that's you know I that's a that's a really good point because. I like the point that you you mentioned where you're using that anger and then, you know, to make to make that sprint, to make that tackle because that could really help you in the game, right? That, that's a great point. And then transitioning that energy into a positive mm -hmm. energy. So that that was really amazing to share. And not I don't think a lot of experience, a lot of players really might have, you know, be conscious of that that they're doing that or know how to actually control that. So that that's a great point. Um, and the last yeah, the, the, sorry, I was gonna say there was my. My, my college uh, soccer coach who always emphasized, take it personal, okay? Take it personal, but how do you take it personal? Not, don't take it personal and then you just make stupid fouls. Take it personal so that you can create the kind of energy that you can use for positive things. Like that, that, that's what I, what I wanted to, to get across, obviously. Got it. And the last question, we're coming up here five minutes. I love, this interview is a really good interview. I'm sorry, because I have another call, but um, last question. Mm -hmm. You're good. Uh, what's your most memorable football moment in your life? My most memorable football moment in my life. Uh, okay, you caught me unprepared here. Uh, okay, let, let's separate the question into two moments. College soccer moment, because I obviously have very fond memories of my, my college time. I would say... Um, either a 3-2 a three two win at home against Notre Dame my junior year or a 3-2 win away at UNC in the in the derby between Duke and UNC I think we were down 2-0 and then we we came back and won 3-2 in terms of uh, post college uh, you know football career I would say last year when we were able to make the playoffs 
with the last game of the season. Uh, it was like a three-team battle. You know, there were the, the, the coaching staff members outside of the field checking the scores of the other of the other games, and we were winning. And then at, at the end of that, of, of the when when the final uh, whistle came, we just we just uh, we were so happy. We celebrated and we we took pictures. That was a, an amazing moment because you know the, the goal at the beginning of the season was not to relegate. You know. Relegation and promotion for in the European football is is essential. So we go like, okay, let's not relegate. Let's do everything to toward that goal. And then we did so well that we were able to access the playoffs, which it, which was a historic moment for the club. Nice. I don't think the U.S. I don't think U.S. or Canada. Well, ex besides Canada, Canada is young. I don't think the U.S. is going to integrate uh, promotion regulation anytime soon, just because mm -hmm. what they've been doing is working financially for them. The, exactly. Created. So maybe in the near future, I think they might. Who knows? Maybe there's more teams and they could do it. I don't know. But it's they're, what they're doing is working. So kudos to them. But and like you said, there's such a, a huge financial uh, world behind this decision to not have promotion and relegation that we'd have to have another longer interview to discuss all of this. Yeah, abs yeah absolutely. I agree with you 100%. Um, I'm going to ask you the five fun questions now. We're going to end the interview, but I want to hop on a call with you after the interview too. Like not like mm -hmm. in a couple of minutes because I have another interview, but I love to talk yeah. offline. Absolutely. Sounds good. Okay, cool. Um, so the last five questions, fun questions. Who's your favorite team? AC Milan. A favorite player? Right now, I'll go with, uh, oh man, uh, Dybala. Dybala. Or Mertens. Favorite cleats. Dries Mertens. Also. Cleats. Um, right now, we're in Tiempo, which is an unconventional choice for, for strikers. <laughs> nice. Favorite food? Food. Uh, it's called pasta. Pizza? Pas pasta with, with, with seafood as a condiment. Mm. And the last one, your favorite artist? My favorite artist? Yeah, music wise. Oh, music wise, uh, music wise. Uh, I like I like rock uh, as a genre, uh, but um, man, wow, my favorite artist. Uh, I'm being boring right now. I know. Uh, let's say that lately I've been listening to a lot of Oasis. Got it, Oasis. Yeah. Okay, uh, I just want to make sure I'm pronouncing your name properly again. De Daniele? Daniele Proc. Daniele, okay, perfect. Well, uh, Daniele, uh, before we go, I just want to thank you for taking the time for joining us on the One Soccer Nation podcast today. I appreciate it, man. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. Thanks.